Welcome to Unity Theatre's brand new podcast. This first episode was recorded prior to developments of COVID-19 that have seen a closure of all theatres across the UK. Consequently, some of the information and dates referenced may no longer be accurate. To find out how you can support UK theatre, audiences and artists throughout this difficult time, please visit the Resource Centre at unitytheatreliverpool.co.uk. In this first episode, we're going to be exploring the word regional. But before we jump right in, here's a word from one of our Unity patrons, John Bishop. Hello to everyone at Unity and happy 40th birthday. I'm proud to be a patron of this theatre and next year the Unity is trying to raise £40,000 to represent the 40 years that it's been open to continue its work in bringing people to the theatre who wouldn't normally come and to help them create their own work and see it played out in a proper theatre environment. It's an exciting year ahead. Good luck everyone and please support it if you can. To support Unity, visit unitytheatreliverpool.co.uk forward slash donate. My name, I suppose I should do my own introduction, is Safina Aziz. Um, I'm a playwright, um, singer and develop choirs, that kind of stuff. Um, but I'm here today with Luke Barnes. And Luke, I'm going to read this, which says, award-winning Northern playwright from Liverpool, whose recent plays include Lost Boys, National Theatre. I went to see that. I came to see that, for Unity. Uh, the Jumper Factory, uh, Young Vic, and All We Ever Wanted Was Everything by the Bush Theatre. Um, and various venues. And also our uh, sister-in-arms here is Catherine Jones, who's a freelance arts journalist and writer based in Liverpool, whose writing credits include reviewing for the stage. And you're also the former arts editor of the Liverpool Echo, and I think that's probably where I know you from. Yes, absolutely. yes. yes. So it's a big village, Liverpool. Yeah, great. And like, before we get on to the meat of what our conversation today is, um, <clears throat> Luke, I want to ask you a question, because I think this is really, really interesting. You were in Game of Thrones. How did you get that gig? This <laughs> <laughs> never ever <laughs> It's amazing, <laughs> I thought, that's amazing. Yeah, I used to be an actor, I went to drama school and did that for like three years, then I was an actor for about, about four or five years, I think. But I stopped doing it, I reckon seven years ago now. Um, but yeah, I was, went to drama school, auditioned for it, did it and then never worked again. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I did actually, I did a few episodes, of, I did an episode of Skins and like, I did a, a thing for BBC, yeah, I did a few things, but like, yeah, it wasn't for me. But uh, that was amazing, that was a... Uh, that was like a once in a lifetime. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. It was um, so do you? So I mean, obviously, um, our talk today has been on going to be on regional theatre, but I think let's feel happy to ping pong around. I think because surely as a as a, an actor as well, that probably gives you an insight, doesn't it, into being a writer? Do you think? Um, it's interesting because I was actually thinking this morning on the way here. That this is like let's just go through it. Like about this idea of like. <laughs> okay. um, shame and how shame is useful as like an artist and I think what oh. being an actor taught me actually was that like I felt a great deal of shame about my um sort of like lack of purpose as, an, as a social tool as an actor or like I felt like I was sort of like it's sort of like being an actor I felt from my experience I'm sure it's true for everyone played to like ego and not to like purpose and I think a great deal of that the shame I, I felt as like in that sort of space made me start thinking about why we tell stories and why art exists Wow. And I think that was the start of the process for me um, as an actor. So I think putting my rejection of that world was the reason I started doing this and found this path through the arts. 
Um, but that's like on a sort of like deep philosophical level, yeah. like on a practical level, all the lessons I think I know about playwriting or storytelling came from the lessons learned about acting. So yeah, as an actor, you've got to understand like that characters have gone. You know, you know, this, like, characters got a journey. Yeah, and they have problems, and they you know succeed and fail to achieve them, and then they have a big problem. Yeah, whatever. Like all that stuff is inherent in the questions you ask as an actor. Yeah, so I think. Yeah, so, sorry. Sorry to interrupt you though. Sorry. It's probably not great for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but I think David Mamet and, and certainly mm. Sam Shepard as well. David Mamet wrote has written a book, I think, about how it's really great if he always recommends that writers at least go and do some acting because yeah. it gives you just an insight of the other side of the fence, I think. Yeah, so yeah, it's for sure. Really fascinating. For sure. I think yeah, I think that the best not the best, but like the writers I like um are either from like a lot of them are actually former actors, and a lot of them are like also have like a sort of sense of place and like linguistics of what words feel like in your mouth. Yeah, I think that's an important thing to like feel. I think yeah, because actors got to say them, and they've got to. I think you could understand how words feel. It sounds, this is so indulgent, but like, <laughs> words feel in space. Do you? Hey, listen, we're doing you, a podcast, <laughs> a theatre on theatre. Yeah. it doesn't get do more. Do you find so. that when you're writing your plays, you are speaking them? Do you hear the the, the dialogue in your head, or do you speak it out loud? I sometimes, when I'm writing my copy, yeah. read it out loud to see how it reads and how someone will read it in their mind. So, otherwise, in a way, hearing it in your mind is how it will come out yeah. of someone's mouth. Yeah, inter- it's interesting. I mean, I think, like, when I teach, like, dialogue, I always try to think, like, I don't think you can teach it. You've got to control it, like, you've got to feel it. Yeah. And I think that, like, I can't describe it. I don't, I don't say it out loud, but I think I can... I, f- I, f- I feel the rhythm of it, if yes, that makes sense. Totally, because I it's one of the reasons why I can't listen to music while I write. Yeah. Because music has like been in my life for a long time. You know, had their own company around, lots of everything to do with voice. Um, so oftentimes when I'm writing as well, yeah, I really, really do. It's like a word will just be off offbeat, and yeah, I yeah, think yeah. I need to replace it. That's just not the right rhythm. That's all it is. It's, it sounds stupid, but like... So much about writing is just about noticing what feels jarring, yeah, and like then questioning why that's jarring, and like problem solving. People over intellectualize writing it. It's not actually a matter of like trying to be clever. It's just a matter of like feeling what doesn't feel right. Yeah, how can you make that feel right and do and do something? Fantastic. And like, but people forget that you know, writing's not an intellectual act. It's just like becoming so familiar with the act of reading that you can write. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know it sounds yeah. Silly, but like, You've got to just. The reason that I can write theatre, I've never done a course and I don't read, yeah. read books and I don't know anything about it. It's just yeah. that I've spent a lot of time reading plays or scripts or what I'm watching theatre. So I sort of know what I think, my experience with of what, I, what I think theatre wants needs to be. Yeah. How I think theatre can be useful. And then the practice of writing it is just like the stuff that I enjoy. So the language rhythms and like the things in it, the set piece, whatever, like the songs or whatever it is, it's because I like that. That's it's a fantastic. really simple question of saying, like, what do I want to do and what do I like? And those, that's how you make art, right? Yeah. There's no point in going on this, like, mad intellectual benders when you're just going to say, I just want to make a funny show about sadness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think you should, you should give, some, um, give some tips to other writers. I, I judged the first three Liverpool Hope playwriting prizes. And <gasps> I only had to read the final scripts. So, you know, they were yeah. down from about 200 entries to the final ten. 
And it's interesting what you say then about about the rhythm and the music and the naturalness of it and um, and not all of the entrants at all times had that sort of and over intellectualising yeah. it and trying to be too clever and then it not feeling right. Yeah. Is the, and you know you know when you read it when it feels right. Is the is the Hope Street look at this segue people? <laughs> <laughs> we're we're into two is, different podcasts. Is the, hope, <laughs> is the Hope Playwriting Prize a region? It's an international writing. It's, well, it's national, national it's, it's comedy, prize. isn't it? It is, which is incredibly tricky. To and write is it affiliated with the Royal Court in Liverpool? Yes, it's the Royal Court and uh, Liverpool Hope University uh, that are the two partners in it. So I think it's the second highest. Um, uh, giving it a plug here, aren't I? It's great. Um, not a judge in the new competition, but they've had a little change of shake up of the judges this time. But. It's um, yes, it's for a new comedy play, not necessarily a royal court style comedy play, just a new comedy play, and um, it's a ten thousand pound first prize. So I think after Bruntwood, it's the second highest prize for playwriting competition. Yeah. I think in the country, I may be wrong. Yeah. But and it's an anonymous submission. And it's anonymous. Oh, so it's the same as um, Bruntwood as yes. well, then, isn't it? And yeah, is yeah. the deal that the play goes on at the royal court? At the not necessarily. The first play went on here actually, Omnibus, the first winner. Katie Mull. Oh, that's because yeah. the Royal Court was getting refurbed, I think, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know. It was I, came to, I think I came to see Robert that. Robert Farquhar worked it up with Katie, who won. I think that's um, Robert Farquhar. Yeah. I, I can never say that man's Bob. name. I can't yeah. say that man's surname <laughs> enough times, frankly. It's a great name. <laughs> it is, it's Bob great. Farquhar. And, um, and then the second one hasn't found a stage yet. I immediately thought of it as something it could even go on in the theatre Royal in London. It's got that whole, it's a sort of Molière play and it's it was the one that made me really laugh out loud. I read the script on the Pendolino on the way to London and I just sat there and chortled all the way through it. Um, and that was written by an actor. Really? Yes. Um, and that's had a, a reading, that had a reading in the Royal Court studio. And then the third one, I don't know what's happening with that I haven't heard. The Royal Court of here? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes, sorry, yes, in the I studio, know, yeah. basement studio. But anyway, so we're, we're, I know we're digressing, but I just well, no, it's the same thing because you know we've got Royal Court London and we've got Royal Court. I know, Royal. I know. It's yes. So I think if, if we immediately assume we're talking about Royal. Well, I do immediately yeah. assume we're talking about Royal Court Liverpool, unless otherwise, unless <laughs> someone says Soho Square. <laughs> um, yeah, there you go. So that's just that's interesting. No, I, I don't I, think. It, I mean, I think it kind of fits into our theme of today, really, mm. which is about. I suppose talking about what we think, what we feel about regional theatre, and I suppose the first question um, is the word regional. Mm -hmm. What do we What do we reckon? It's Loving as, it, hating it. It's not as bad as the word provincial. <laughs> oh, yes, we God. seem to have lost that in the uh, mists of time. Yeah. No one calls it provincial anymore, do they? No, yeah. it's all a bit. Food. It's all a little bit Beryl Bainbridge, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. It's interesting because, like, there's a handful of theatres in London that exist to serve the nation, like the, the capital, the capital's theatre, the National Theatre. Yeah. I think the Royal Court as well, to be fair. It seems like leading theatres that do, like, that hold conversations for a nation, right? Yeah. Other theatres in London, I think, are essentially serving smaller communities in London. So, like, I'd say the Kiln, the Bush, Stratford Theatre Royal East. Yeah. Whatever. They're like, um, they're, I would say they're regional theatres because they're regional in London. Yeah. They're doing the exact same thing. They're not doing the same job that the. National or the Royal Court, or even sort of the RSC, is they're not holding like big conversations for a nation. Yeah. So everywhere's a region, right? Yeah. So and in and in within that, I think like that we have to recommend, we have to like understand 
that these places, these buildings are serving communities and places. Yeah. And I don't think it's useful to say that anyone inside London is different than everywhere else because it's not. Yeah. It doesn't help anyone. It doesn't help us because us because makes us feel other or different. I disagree. Yeah. Does not them because they think that they. Um, I, th I actually don't think the buildings do that. But I think there's a like a perception of these buildings that they're not existing to serve specific places and specific places in London have as diverse challenges as we do. Yeah. You know, like it's very different to the Hampstead there is very different than the Bush there. Yeah. Very different communities. Yeah. Know. They've got to serve those communities as well. Uh, so I, I think it's, um, why do you think it's stupid? <laughs> I think the word community, I think the word community is key. I know, um, for example, that um, I've had this conversation with Alex Clifton, the artistic director of Storyhouse over in Chester, who absolutely hates the word regional and gets really aerated about it and says, you know, every theatre is a community theatre, you are sure. serving your community. But I think it's easier to see that in some areas. I mean, you've name-checked some London theatres that the general public might not immediately think of as London theatres. The general public might think of the West End. They might think of Shaftesbury Avenue. Yeah, 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 that's fair. Um, yeah. Charing Cross Road, yeah. theatres around Leicester Square, those kinds yeah. of areas. And I find it hard to, to, harder to see what kind of constituency and community they serve. As I said, yeah. having been at the Wyndham's last sure. week, and it was full of Americans. Yeah. And, well, I think that's um, the proposition, I mean, because those buildings don't rely on, on, on Arts Council and funding. They're like commercial. No, but this is this, money, right? this whole discussion of London and regions and what you perceive as London theatre being. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even, I don't even think of those buildings, really. Because I, I work in subsidised centres, so I exactly. cross my mind. Yeah. To be honest, yeah. But, fair, but yeah. you know, I mean, I, yeah. you know, the, the Arcola and the Bush and the Hampstead and whatever yeah. and, and, and things going on at the, the new, the Young Vic and, and even down in Hammersmith are not the things that... Possibly the majority of people who might take a trip to London to the theatre will imme immediately yeah. go and see. You're so right. You're yeah, so yeah, right. yeah. And I think yeah. that's the thing. That's that's even yeah. more confusing that that we're talking in a way about three different yeah, yeah, things. Yeah. Sure. Do you think the word sometimes? It's like the word community for me. Um, I haven't worked in community arts for like most of my life. That there's something that that is attached to regional and community that is about quality. That sometimes people don't think it's like the word provincial. That in some ways yeah. necessarily it's not. The quality goes down it's, in some way. Yeah, I think the word regional. I mean, this is where I'm conflicted about it because I do use the word regional, um, but I very much think it depends on who's using it and in what context. Yeah. yeah. And you're right. You know, it's Boris so, Johnson. Well, let's, let's, leave, not, yeah, let's yeah, yeah. leave it out. But. <laughs> <laughs> but it depends, I mean, on, on who's saying it and in what context, basically. I mean, when yeah. I talk about regional theatre, You're as talking someone about... who, who works within the regions, I don't talk about it in a derogatory or condescending yeah. manner. Um, whereas some people, in, they may not mean to be condescending, but just the context they use it in and, and the way they describe it, comes over as condescending. As opposed to just geography. As opposed to just geography. Yeah. Uh, you know, absolutely, because London is just another region of this country yeah, in some sure. ways. But it's inevitable because, you know, in my, my long career as a journalist, I don't know how many times I was asked, so do you want to go to London? Do you, is your aim to be on a national? 
and you will know actually my aim is not to be to work for a national newspaper but it seems like the only way I could validate myself as a serious journalist is somehow to want to be working in London on a national newspaper and, and that yeah. is you know in a way the same in the theatre world you know that somehow and I know this is something we're going to discuss have you made it if you haven't made it in London but I think there's something really interesting I think in in with lots of creatives that I think that London is still seen as a benchmark, as a an aspiration in some ways. You know, I'm working, I'm independently producing uh, three artists in Liverpool, in Northern-based artists, um, uh, one's Manchester-based and two are Liverpool-based. But, you know, part of our aspirations when we sit down and talk is like, you know, we've got to get these shows to London. And it's still seen as that. Which I suppose as well, because Luke, your career is really interesting in the fact that a lot of your work has has um, achieved that goal, I suppose, in some way. Um, and is it is it wrong to still have that as an aspiration? Is it narrow of us, or do we have to kind of be be honest about actually London is an aspiration? I think honestly, what we've got to do is like, I think the most harmful thing in terms of like mental well being of creators is trying to like live um, <laughs> your aspirations by someone else's goals. I mean, sure, really going, going, to, going to London is really useful because it does a lot of things. It raises profile because you get national press con. You can, like, talk to bigger stations with more money to make bigger scale shows, whatever. That's really useful. But so there's a pragmatism there as well. Pragmatically, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, it's really useful to do play it, I don't know, uh, whatever, the roller court. Because, yes. like, a lot of people see it. You can, you can meet people with different mediums and higher profile and collaborate, whatever. It's good for career, sure. Yeah. Undeniably, because the industry is, loads of industry is there. Yeah. But... That's not everyone's goal, right? You, if you as an artist have to set your own standards for success, because if you don't, you'll always live to someone else's and you'll always fail. So you want to be, you know, the, the whole, whole game is to be useful and to be happy, right? So the <laughs> yeah. minute that you like, um, it's, 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 it's really important because like, if you set your goals to be like, I want to be at the Royal Cup by the time I'm 35, like Simon Stevens did, you'll probably fail, <laughs> you'll give up and you'll hate yourself, right? Whereas what got, I think what you've got to do is you've got to set your own standards for success. If you say, look, every day I'm going to try and make something that I think is useful, I'm going to make something that I think has a tangible effect on a place, I'm going to make something that whatever, then that is like you saying, I am a useful artist. That makes me happy, makes me feel like my success, makes me feel like my work is purposeful, makes me feel like I'm not doing it for my own self, like make yourself like, useful to like, All those things are more important than saying, I'm going to try and be Simon Stevens. Yeah. Because I don't even are, think Simon Stevens aspired to be Simon Stevens at 35. He became a benchmark. And, it's, you it's, know. it's also an antiquated view of writing. Yes, yes, you know, yes. Like that, like, that model is like from the 80s. Like, it's, not, yeah. it's not the end goal anymore. Like, it doesn't, the, th the industry doesn't work like upstairs, but the court does, but the court national, RSC, West End. That journey doesn't happen for, I can't think of anyone that's happened to in my generation. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. It's a project by project basis. Because they set out to achieve this project, so I think this project exists for this reason, with this impact on this place. And you set that goal and you achieve what you felt without a single goal, right? And every time you've got to try and do that. As opposed to say, I want to be at the mainstays of national by the time, just because that's... Yeah. Yeah, and I just happens, need to. If it happens, then what happens? I just need to correct you on something, though, Luke. Is like, don't say the eighties and say antiquated in the same sense. <laughs> You're was, talking about my youth. Then. I, was like, I, was like, <laughs> I thought you were yeah. going to say like the thirties or something. <laughs> no, but you know, no, I yeah, understand yeah. what you mean. I hate uh, to say it, but the eighties is history. I know, it's forty years away, scary. Oh, yeah. One of the things that I loved what you just said about writing something that has a tangible effect on a place. I think there's something really interesting about that. 
<clears throat> like, um, I mean, I know the League of Gentlemen have taken this phrase and made it um, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> a cliche, which is local stories yeah. for local people. But actually, there's real value in local stories for local people yeah, by yeah, local yeah. people. But also, there's something really interesting about the fact that regional writers, local writers can write, can also write stories that are universal. I've had this conversation with Willie Russell. Willie Russell has written a career's worth of stories about Liverpool people, but they are universal. They go everywhere. Look at the moment, Shirley Valentine's been touring again. Educating Rita. Educating Rita's been touring again. Blood Brothers is always on the road. You don't have to be, and I'm going to use the word parochial, you don't have to be parochial. These are universal themes. Um, They're just set in a particular place yeah. absolutely yeah also like they don't have to be set where you live i mean like i've talked like annie mcdowell who wrote you know x and he wrote um i've just got his i've just got his work really recommended he's brilliant is like, it? Great. He's, he's probably he's probably like you know one of the most lauded writers of my generation yeah fantastic he lives in manchester great and um he was like i hate when people call me a northern artist and i was like i was like well, that's interesting. Oh, that's really interesting. i was like i was interested i the opposite because i identify as that and he was like oh why is that and he was like well i just have to live in the north and be an artist, and I'm not a northern artist. And I was like, that's interesting, because it sets nothing in, his first play maybe is in Middlesbrough, but like, yeah. where he's from, the rest of it's just stories. So why do you call yourself a northern artist then, Luke? Well, I, th- I think it's an intangible part of my perspective on the world and my, and yeah. my work, you know, yeah. I think like everything I do has, I, I have in mind how I want to talk about where I live and where I grew up and like the people I know and how they're portrayed with other people and counteract that. Everything I do is, a, I think, is about me celebrating and defying what the culture stereotype of the world that I see my world being a lot of other people. You know, I grew up, I don't know, but anyway, I grew up, I don't names, but like, I grew up, um, no, 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 please do. I don't honestly. name names, it's not folks. Oh, no, 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 yeah, <laughs> no, like, no sorry, yeah. 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 Like, no, I'm being obviously. I grew up watching versions of like, well, Liverpool, but like also yeah. across the north, mainly being the fans of places, poverty stricken, yeah. people are depressed and sort of like, all the men drive cabs and wear flat caps and eat chips and the women seem to have like three kids and they're all prostitutes. Or everyone's prostitutes on the side. roll. <laughs> exactly, no drug addicts. Like, well, like actually, the world I know, I'm sure that exists, but like the world yeah, I know absolutely. isn't defined by that. Yeah. You know, it's defined by human resilience, by people being fun. Completely. Like, celebrating like, not even like people, but geographic landscapes. Yeah. And, you know, that's how... The world. I saw the world. I saw people. Yeah, it's grim up north. Has We've to had go this conversation, haven't we? I talk we? about it quite a lot. Yeah, We've had this conversation, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's really important to like, bear that in mind. So, like, I'm, I live here. I'm from here. Like, yeah. if I am going to speak about the place that I live, it's really important that I try to fight cultural stereotypes about that thing. Absolutely. Right? Otherwise, what you're doing is just reinforcing this idea that, you know, um, the place you're from is terrible. We all know that's not true. Absolutely. I write, um, uh, obviously, a lot of characters who create a, a people of colour. Yeah. And um, sometimes I'll put in a, a name that obviously that somebody means that they can't cast a white person in it. Yeah, yeah, so, um, <laughs> and also, um, I'll have people who are Muslims who never talk about being a Muslim. It's yeah, just yeah, yeah. like you'll see, you know, it's just the oh, fabric yeah. of life, isn't it? Completely. Do you know what Din? Or is in? What was that? Ishi Din. Play no, 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 I don't. It's an amazing play called Snookered. Okay. Um, it's not the bush years ago, but um, he's, he's from New- he's Middlesbrough, sorry. Um, he's a taxi driver. And his play is just these like four Muslim lads playing snooker and never talking about anything about snooker. That's the whole idea. Brilliant. It's brilliant. It's awesome. Yeah. Anyway, that's a side note. Sorry. But it's the same thing. Like, I think it's part of my, my fabric as a person yeah. and as an artist, so I think it's really important. Everything I do is in relation to that. That's why it defines that, I think. Yeah. It's like Ali just like wants to talk bigger, diverse ideas through like his art form. That's cool, whatever, but like 
Apple's not the right thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can yeah. still talk about the big universal ideas. Oh, sure, of course, yeah. Them in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying, like, no, he's, no, not, no, he's not one of the top players. Oh, no, I'm going to get you. I'm just yeah. saying, you know, the two, are not, <laughs> the two are not mutually exclusive, being being set within your... Yeah. Where you come from and talking about universal ideas and still having that strong voice from wherever you come from. For being, sure. Whether it be Northern, Cornish, or whatever, it's... um. You yeah. know, it transcends that. Good art transcends that. Because there's some interesting, isn't there? Some great writers coming out of, like, let's say, you know, um, out of London, yourself included, Luke. Look at that. Like, I kind of And Simon Stevens. But there's nice, there's, I mean, you go to the theatre a lot. When was the, yes. What was the last piece of work? Can you think of, like, like a northern writer or regional writer? Oh, God, you're going to put me on that. I, yeah. I, I can't remember what I had for dinner last night, <laughs> often, let alone what I saw. Well, I'm going to see Jonathan Harvey's Our Lady oh, and Guns well. tonight. Well. So having, having, read the, having read the initial uh, re- rehearsal script, I'm really interested to see how that, that has ended up on the stage now. Oh, gosh. I, do you know what? I don't know. What did I even see last week or the week before? That's terrible, isn't it? I'd like to apologise for not having a really good answer to <laughs> Maybe that Maybe I one. should have given the art question before you Exactly, just so I could, my have, could have jammed up. Um, I mean, I don't know, because I, I, mean, I obviously have a Catholic theatrical experience, Catholic with a small C, because... I mean, this is a Catholic, Catholic. Theatrical. I've never heard that. With a small C, in that, well, I mean, I go to every venue in Liverpool. I'm not, you know, it's not like, oh, I'm an everyman type of person. Oh, or yeah, I'm yeah, a royal yeah. court type of person. I see things everywhere. Yeah. So I get that sort of broad, you know, sweep from the big budget touring musicals at the Empire to, you know, new work that's being that's being given a tryout at mm. Hope Street or. Um, or a downstairs at the Royal Court or whatever. Yeah. So, because um, you know, I think the Royal Court, our Royal Courts, are really interesting. Yes, uh, talking really about community, talking about a strong voice and sense of place. Um, yeah, and I, um, I there was something that I read, and it was Lynn Gardner who said. Um, one regional theatre is not like another. Regional shouldn't be a dirty word, but a badge of pride, like the one, the one worn by many foods or local beers. And I just thought that was really interesting because we kind of celebrate slow food and local, uh-huh. locally, uh, yes. uh, yeah. Exactly, um, sourced food, and but locally don't... sourced art yeah. or creative yeah. seems to be, to um, be denigrated, I think. Because I think sometimes possibly um, the Royal Court gets a hard time in some ways do you think in terms of some of the work that it produces but I actually celebrate it because of the breadth of the work that it does because of the studio the fact that it's also um incubating and nurturing the black theatre company I think now that it's it's really interesting since it got arts council funding and it's been able to expand it's great it it's fantastic you know boisterous is appointing boisterous loads of local artists are putting on their shows in the studio space which I I just think is they've got a scratch not a scratch night I can't remember it's April the 2nd to 4th it's some new writing and there's two or three plays a night on um I often pop down there. I'm seeing something on Friday that's actually an oral history. Liverpool Eight. Oh, it's, it's Maria Liverpool. It's Maria exactly, yeah. and um, Margaret Connell is yes. in it. Who used to run the Lantern Theatre and he's still Chivalry and does a lot of stuff at Hope Street. It's on Mike's mom. Mike Noble. Yes, yeah. Mike Noble's yeah. mum. Yeah, yeah. He's who nice was actually. in a curious incident with the dog in the night time yeah. the evening that the ceiling fell down yeah, yeah, at the yeah. Apollo Theatre. And he's oh, damn, talking about Simon Stevens. <laughs> Six degrees he of separation. Like, he's, yeah. he's a great, great actor. But yeah, um, 
I've lost my train of thought now. Yeah. But basically, yes, yeah. it's... It, it, and then you've got the main stage and they know their constituency. And yes, it may not be everyone's cup of tea, but they know exactly who their audience is. They know exactly... And they do push the boat at times to see if they can just push them in directions that they might not have taken before. Yeah. Um, sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't, but good for them for trying it. It seems like the constituency that the Royal Court has serviced and put shows on has actually actually feels real ownership of that theatre, which I think is a a phenomenal thing, really, mm-hmm. when you think about it. I'm sure they probably helped helped with the refurb in terms of ticketing and. Well, and, there was a pound on every it's consistently seat. Pro- it's yeah. consistently packed, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I think I went to see. Um, Girls Who Don't Play Guitars. Which is coming back, apparently. It is coming back. Mr Ian Salmon. Give him a little plug. (laughs) We're um, talking about, yes, local writers, and in fact he came up through the playwriting competition as well. Jerry Linford, who Jerry Linford has just gone like whoosh, like that, since he uh, was a runner-up in the playwriting competition. I think he's had about two or three shows on there now in the last 12, 18 months. So, um, but yes, sorry to interrupt you, but yes. No, 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 I'm asking you about... greatly admire the Royal Court. Um, I do as well. Because I, I think that they've, they, they found that they went with their gut feeling. They've built that audience from pretty much nothing. And look what an audience can do. I mean, if you... It's like if you... It's almost like to the other theatres. It's like if you look after your local constituents, you're going to have a loyal audience. If you build it, they will come. It, you know what? It's not a wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting about like being proud of local foods and stuff. And I think like I think one thing the things we've got at is like it is a lot of like scouts artists yeah. in that building. Yeah. I don't know. If, I see in other buildings like across the across the country. Yeah. It's like there's something. I don't know. Something about like when you, those people aren't present in the creative teams on the, on the stage. There's a weird distance happens. I think. See it like get more connected with other buildings in. The, yeah. No. We've got to be really careful. Like, always, yeah. Um, I've never worked in. <laughs> no, 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 but like, oh, would no. you like to? <laughs> what you say? Nah, but like, I think I think when you have like um, those voices not present in the writers, directors, or actors or designers, it makes 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 people my friends my friends have said it makes them feel a bit like they're that's not their space. Yeah, it's like someone coming to a community and saying, "This is what good artists ah, please appreciate it." And it's really interesting. Well, I would agree with that. I yeah. think, in some to some extent, yeah. Um, it. Did you follow the whole debate that came out of what Adrian Scarborough said at last year's What's On Stage Awards when he won the award for being in uh, Madness of George III? No. Um, because this created a whole dialogue about actors and creatives and um, London theatre and regional theatre. In fact, I think Lynn Gardner probably wrote about it. Adrian Scarborough, and I think he said it entirely not in a condescending way, I think he meant it perfectly passionately, when he picked up his award he said that um, that he had had a very rewarding experience working in Nottingham and that he wished that London actors would come out and do more work in the regions, you know, come out and and, and, and be there in the regions. And it was an interesting debate to start because then there was this whole debate about, hang on a second, London actors doing us all a favour by gracing yeah. us with their presence. And mm. then you had some of regional actors around here, there was a lot of it going on on Twitter, sort of saying, 
well, hang on, I can't even get an audition at my <laughs> local theatre. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to work in my own city or region, yeah. and I'm not getting the auditions. Yeah. Um, so important. It's a really important conversation to have, I think. Really, because like some of those actors, you want them in your building to sell tickets, and yes. that's great. Yeah. You know I mean, brilliant. If, you're to, if <coughs> Margaret wants to go and do a play, The Everyman, fantastic. Sell out in a day, brilliant. But I think, I, I, I said this conversation today, I really think that like, we have to have a majority body of people based in the community on that stage. That we have to, otherwise, we just feel, I, I feel like you're telling me what's good, and you're saying you should be worshiping the altar of genius, and genius is the biggest problem we have in theatre at the minute. So I feel like people putting their ego in themselves before purpose, and it's a massive, massive issue across New Rain. Why do you think that is? Do you think that's a his, do you think that's historic? It's just a hangover. It's the way we treat writers, it's the way, it's the way that like certain buildings in London have treated writers over the last like thirty years. I think has made that right young writers feel like they are the the reason that theatre exists and that their genius must be celebrated. Same with direct, same <laughs> with the way some people see directors. And I think it does come from London, to be honest, because like obviously Scotland's amazing at it because they well I think most of their like. You know, the National Theatre of Scotland, I feel, is properly charged for, like, properly functional, community-serving theatre. Yeah. I think, like, their model is fucked. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, the editor, yeah. don't worry. I think the National Theatre of Scotland... I'm going to take that. <laughs> well, stop, <laughs> Yeah, but I think like, National Theatre of Scotland, right? Yeah. Properly serving the nation, starting conversation needs to be had in an innovative and familiar way. Yeah. Amazing. And, like, I don't think that anyone... No one's like, oh, I don't know, I can't think of any, maybe David, not many of them, maybe like, just go, we have to go and see the new, da da da. Because it's going to, where people like, because about people like Rob Ike, it's like, we have to, Rob Ike will be amazing. And you're like, it's great, that's cool, but like, we need to think of theatre as being purposeful, if it's being community, if it's being funded by the state, for an arts council mm. institution, in an NPO funded or whatever, when it comes to the arts council, art has to have a function and an impact. That yeah. has to be a priority, and we have to be collaborative about that. And that involves taking ego away from it involves like saying it's not about me it's not about you it's about us coming together and doing something that has a purpose to exist and it's really really important we start thinking like that because and that same place functional buildings you know yeah. part of functional buildings to serve communities to facilitate conversations for communities to have with themselves about where the community is going and part of that is listening to listening to local people listen to artists yeah that live in the place that engage with the place and allowing that to happen. You've now. still got to yeah. persuade people to come in through the door and buy a ticket, though, don't that, you? That's, and that, that's the. the I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not. You know, exactly. I think. I think that the reality of the situation is that those are all things you should set out to achieve, but you've got to do it within within the reality of the situation, the economic model. The, as you say, you know, you get Kim Trafalgar play Cleopatra on the stage at the every man, at the playhouse, and you sell out exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's um I would hope the two the two should be able to coexist. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um but you know the rea the reality is going back to the idea of these the, the creatives, the actors, um being local or national, if there is such a thing as a national actor, you know, is yeah. is, is is part of the regional theatre debate, I think, is yeah. the is the um the discussion about who we see and what we see on our stages. And yeah. Compared to London, where you know inevitably, as you say, the the critics all concentrate in London, trying to get someone to come out and review a show outside yeah. 
north of Watford and west of Reading is really very difficult. For sure. Yeah. Um, you know. I mean, you think we were massive, weren't you? Like the US. <laughs> like, don't yeah, yeah. like, well, that's why people can't, you know, two travel hours, Two a hours, ten minutes miles when the, the West road. Coast yeah, yeah, yeah. line is working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which isn't very often. Two hours, ten minutes on the train from London to Liverpool, isn't it? So there seems like it's not just, it's not a geographical thing in some ways, is it? It's completely... It's fabricated, some, isn't somewhat it? Somewhat psychological. Yeah. And it's ingrained. I don't Leeds on Wednesday. That's <laughs> that bad, yeah. It's ingrained yeah. as well. I mean, this idea of regional versus London is unfortunately an ingrained one. I don't know whether there's a way, uh, way past that, in what all honesty. Do you think about things like regional awards, then? Do you think that just compounds well, we, that divide? Yes and no, because mm. I think the reality of the situation is that I mean, look at the awards. That are, there, you've got awards that are just for London. The Offies have just been uh, chosen and announced the winners of the Offies. You've got the Olivier's. What's on stage are national with one specific regional award, but inevitably they are dominated by shows that are in London. And in fact, the Olivier's, if you look at the Olivier shortlist, is dominated by about eight shows in London. It's not even the breadth yeah. of shows in London. Um, and the UK Theatre Awards are uh, national, aren't they? They're not. But inevitably, again, you know, London tends to dominate. So do you go into the pot and fight your corner against the, the big shows with the big names on, in, on the big stages and hope that you will be another MAME, which did very well at What's On Stage last time uh, from Hope Mill Theatre? Or okay. do you have a chance for many different regional productions to shine by having awards that are concentrated on areas outside the West End of London. And I, I don't know. I think I would probably rather still have the regional awards. Yeah. <laughs> and and give people the opportunity to hear about those productions that they might not if you're up against you know, yeah. James McAvoy and Serrano de Bergerac, yeah, it's not Toby level, Jones and Uncle Vanya, and, and you it's know, not a level playing field. It's not field, a level playing yeah. field. Level. And I just yeah. think that that's when I talk about the reality of the situation. In an ideal yeah. world, you'd have a set of awards, everyone would be in there, it would celebrate theatre in its glorious entirety. Yeah. Like, I looked at, um, obviously, just before doing this chat, I did a bit of research and I was kind of shocked. I don't know why I was shocked, but I was. And it was since te 2010, it's almost exactly double the investment that the National got than, you know, something like, you know, the Everyman or something. This is Arts Council. Yeah, yeah. it was like, it was, you look, yeah. it was like, it was a, you know, when we're saying it's not a level playing field, it's clearly, like, not remotely. Some horrible stats. There's more Arts it's Council funding in, in Islington mm -hmm. than there is in every former coal field in the UK. It's like honestly, it's like it's. But that's gonna. I'm either in Saddle as well as there, which are big institutions. They, they have yeah. made. A, they have made a commitment to what was it? Seventy five percent. Seven spend seventy five percent of the lottery funding they get outside London. That's great. But and also didn't and one of the big organisations for for went or for gone or something. Yeah, I've got it. It 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 either gave back its Arts Council funding right. so that yeah. another organisation wouldn't lose theirs. Yeah, I mean, the and I think that there's something kind of wonderful about that I and mean, actually yeah. if those bigger organisations in some ways speak up and say actually don't cut that funding have some of ours yeah I mean, the, the biggest the biggest funded are the national in uh, the college english national opera coliseum and the rsc yeah. i think the rsc 
I'm making this figure up, but at least one of them gets something like £46 million. Pounds, and you look at then, yeah, comparison. We've got a, have we got a Shakespeare Theatre opening? Got in? Prescott. That's very exciting, yeah, the Shakespeare North Playhouse. Shakespeare yeah. North. I think the Irish at the end here, I think a lot of that work, a lot of work they do doesn't get spoken much, and they're actually amazing resources for artists. And they give a lot of money for development, commission people are not going to produce that kind of thing. I think a lot of money gets spent on. Just go That's back to the really awards amazing. thing. Yes, <laughs> please yeah. do. Yeah. Here's my hot take. <laughs> go on. Just get rid of them all. I think it's stupid. <laughs> I mean, like, I, honestly, I don't understand what the point of them is because, like, look at the film industry. They exist so they can, like, amplify films profiles to, like, sell tickets, okay? We do these things a year after the show's been on. Like, I don't really care who was the best actor to play I didn't see. It's absolutely right. <laughs> Doesn't really matter. I think again. There's that like, play with the person, the play that I didn't go to see that isn't yeah. on anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I care a lot about like the mental health of artists because it's such like a term. It's really thing interesting to do. what you're talking about. Really yeah. turbulent, like to put yourself out there and like to think again about art in terms of quality is stupid to me. So we shouldn't be. How you? It's not a race. It, yeah, it's, it's not. not race, it's like I'm, yeah. do, I'm doing a thing. I think it's important. This is the way what I'm doing it. I think for this reason. Let's try have a conversation about it. But the issue is, if you're, if you're the Bruntwood Prize, for example, yeah. and Brecht enters, and Sarah Kane enters, and Arthur Mill enters, who's the winner? How do you choose it? Like, actually, all these people are like, spellbindingly Isn't that generate. life, though? That you, can say, that you say that about every single aspect of life. Sure, why should what's we, why the should we best, What's the best building? No, absolutely, yeah. but you know, yeah. why have a Reba Architecture Award? What's exactly. to say that one building is better for, than another? How can, exactly. they're, they're, they're ice cream and cheese, anyway, aren't yeah. they? You're comparing exactly. different plays you're comparing different yeah it's just but doesn't it feed into human need i yes. mean there's maslow's hierarchy of needs isn't there and at the top is like res, uh, self-actualization and realization so it's like you know what's the most important thing to us and actually yeah. near the top is recognition is recognition and success uh, you yeah, know sadly and praise um, maybe but you know you can't I, I take your point I, in germany they i think it's what what it oh, oh go on Generally, they think of theatre for like instead of like saying this is the best director, best actor, they, they get, I don't know, like 10, 20 shows, whatever it is, for like a month, they do them all again. They say, this is like been a year of boss work, let's do it again. I think that's like, it feels like that feels like something more progressive to me. Because we can't keep going with this idea that of comparative art, it's stupid. It, ki it kills people. I mean, like, what if Sarah Kane writes her first play, sends a Brumwood that gets knocked on the first round, Sarah Kane never writes again? You know, what if John McGrath, like, sends his play off, I don't know, writes yes, a play and yeah. he disappears, and suddenly we lose the, the entire of 784 and Hull Truck and the eye, all these people, like, these, yeah. people, and these people, I think, these people may not be good writers in the eyes of a certain person. So there's something... kill everything. Which got, is, what you were talking about, about, sorry, Don, mm. um, what you were talking about in terms of... Um, the mental health of artists, but also yeah. that kind of resilience of artists as well, isn't it? That actually, I think those things shouldn't be held up as the sole judgment of whether you're good enough. Because I suppose yeah. there's probably a, a, a book that can be written on the people who haven't won awards, mm -hmm. and we, we would probably, the three of us, sit here yeah. and say how amazing those people are. For sure. Like, I just think that, like, 18-year-old, 21, whoever, like, young, yes. young you writes a play and sends the Royal Court in London, they go back and say, nah, thanks, you go, I'm not writing a play again. And then what All happens? All that voices, yeah. Then what happens? But if you, and you live in, I don't know, Stockport, and you're like, love Stockport, and make work in Stockport, yeah. and someone goes, this is rubbish, you go, mm. Kings loses out, you lose out, everyone loses out. You want people to, like, say, uh, it's no one's just to say, like, I want to make a thing here because it has a reason to exist. How do I learn to do this, and how do I facilitate that conversation? How does it happen? This is the way you think about art. We should stop thinking about it being good. It's useless. It's absolutely useless. It's really things. difficult, though, isn't it? Though I think I know, but it's so to, to, to kind of extricate what those awards 
mean and what they bring because there's finance attached to well, these things. Well, I was going to say, we've talked about I mean, arts council funding and NPO funding and all the hoops you have to jump through and what you do for that funding and how much you get and whether you get continued funding. And it does come down, in a way, to profile and success. As you yeah. know, They want results. Yeah. And it's how you quantify those results, isn't it, I suppose? Yeah. Um, and it's complicated, and it's that balance. I mean, I take everything you've said on board about on the creativity side. Yeah. I suppose I come at it from a different point of view. For sure. The yeah, number yeah. of times I've written Olivier Award-winning artist, Absolutely. writer, really. director, whatever, in the same way you'd write Oscar-winning. For sure. For sure. <laughs> and, and inevitably... It pushes it's sales, over, doesn't it? It pushes sales. You know, if I was a marketing person, it does push sales. You know, they've got... They've just gone on sale at 10 o'clock this morning at the Empire, Sheridan Smith appearing as Scylla in Scylla the Musical for four weeks this autumn. And you go, well, OK, yeah, I'd like to see, see if Sheridan can yeah. reprise her Scylla uh, from Where's the screen. that opening? At the Empire. So it's it's, 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 the, it's, the, it's <laughs> Well, just as Scylla the Musical, when it opened three years ago, opened at the Empire, um, when they did the original one that Jeff Pope wrote, Okay. Um, you know, you you know, Scylla the musical that Jeff Pope wrote, and they uh, had a big national search for the person to play Scylla, and Cara Lily Hayworth, who was an unknown actress, won through got the gig through open auditions, and um, then it was premiered here in September two thousand and seventeen at the Empire. Went off, and it's been touring for two years essentially nationwide. Anyway, and now apparently Sheridan is. Uh, Fingers crossed, you've got to have a baby first. Um, oh, in yes. the meantime. Um, but yeah, you know, you've got a name there. I mean, that's that's the reality of commercial. Yeah. Well, that's commercial. I think what Sharon Smith is like, she's famous because she was in Two Pies Flight. She's just an awesome actress in everything. Yeah. I think she won the awards. I think she's just a well-known figure, right? Exactly. Well, okay, we've, we've digressed yeah. from yeah. awards to, yeah. to, to having a name, having some kind of hook or cachet. Sure. Um, so, nothing wrong with that at all. No, I, I, I know. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I think. I mean, you know, talk I'm about regional. Talk about <laughs> regional. Yeah. I just, I just think there's a big opportunity to, in a way to big up and celebrate regional rather than to feel like it's a dirty word. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. And I think it's up to us to do it. You know, and there's no. I, I think. And also, <laughs> the ghosts of the yeah. strange knocks. <laughs> that was the ghost of the unity going, I agree yeah. with you. Well, like, I hate to say it, but like Manchester's done it really well. Yeah. Like, everyone, well, wants work, everyone, everyone wants to work there. Yeah. Everyone, yeah. It's got a really, yeah, yeah. I love the Royal Exchange, I have to say. Yeah. I thought Sarah Franken did some amazing work yeah. there, though. I think, well. yeah, Roy and Brownie are brilliant as well. And you've oh, got... Because it's two, yeah. two-headed yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've got people that. like Maxine Peake, who is of the community. Oh, she is. I love invests, her. That's the ideal. Who invests in the <laughs> yeah. work in that community, yeah. who's there as a strong voice shouting about it and being in it, writing it, acting in it. Yeah, that's and what, that's what is absolutely a northern bird. Yes. And is very, very proud but, of that. It's yeah. not to the detriment of her, yeah. gener- the profile or whatever, anything She's else. She's a great example, actually. I read, I read this article with her and she was like, she moved back to Salford because she was like, A, I want to be able to make choices that matter in my career and I want to have an impact on the community. And I was like, brilliant. Because also, regional theatres, I mean, the thing is about regional theatres that what they should be doing, whether some of them do this um, better than others, 
I mean, again, you know, being politic, um, I'm not going to say things that I think could be, there's room for improvement. Let's just say that. Um, <laughs> reminds me of my school reports. <laughs> could do better. Yeah. You know what I mean? But there's youth theatres and they're attached to our regional theatres and there's outreach programmes and schools. And surely they are future building the audiences of tomorrow and, and the actors of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's another reason why regional theatres have to exist in some way, which is really mm-hmm. heartbreaking when you were saying that actually the statistic around funding for regionals is is going yeah. is going down. Well, it's not going down. No, well, I think I think it's just, I just said we should, there's loads of angels no, very yeah, in, yeah, in yeah. specific places. Sorry, but uh, yeah. uh, but um, yeah, but the research I've done, yeah, but it's you know it's, it is decreasing, and I think the sad thing is is that there's there's short sightedness in there in terms of these future audiences and future actors and future writers and all of those voices that are But also that those voices and actors and people for the future, um, it's not just... I think this is the other thing, talking about regional and national, or regional and London. (laughs) Let's say say London. Is that we're not just a breeding ground for everyone to be trained up. Like a feeder school. <laughs> like a feeder school. That, you know, that, that, I think it yeah. was, whenever you think of him, I think it was Ed Vasey who said in a parliamentary debate, culture doesn't begin and end in, at London, in London. Yeah. And we're not, you know, it's not like, That's oh, true. it's not like, oh, you know, I'll do my training uh, uh, on stage in Liverpool, but, and then I'll go to London. We're not a feeder ground either. It should be, you know, we're, we're creating amazing artists of the future to work mm. here as well <laughs> you yeah. know yeah. that it's not just a stepping stone as well which I think is important in the regional debate we're not a stepping stone so we that... can be we shouldn't be exclusively you know you've got to work within your city forever if you <laughs> so it's just that thing of saying that you know being confident as let's say northern Liverpool of, of telling universal stories that probably have national significance you know, and that's the thing, isn't it? Mm. I suppose it's all about the ultimately the work, surely, yeah. Luke. Yeah. At the end of the day. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so thank you, like, so much for. Um, Good I think, <laughs> listen, we can carry on. We can carry on. We can carry on. Um, I'm fine. Left on the word yet. Someone's got to edit this thing. No, but one of the things I wanted to ask was, what are you looking forward to seeing? Let's talk like trivial. What are you looking forward to seeing? Well, I'm looking upcoming. forward to seeing, it's too late for the podcast, but I'm looking forward to seeing Our Lady of Blundell Sands tonight, very much. I know, Jonathan Harvey, he's got an interesting And he's as well. moved yeah. back to Liverpool. Yay! Yeah, lives around the corner from me. Does he? I think. So people tell me, I've never yes. seen him. Yes. <laughs> I did, I did. Sorry. Go looking for him, Luke. But, but he, he was someone, he was someone <laughs> who, who spent years building up his career in London, but always, always had a foot back in Liverpool and has now moved back to Liverpool. He's yeah. like the, he does... Television, book, well, yes, I mean, well, well. yeah, he's, he's not writing. He's not writing novels at the moment because he said I did a chat with him for the stage actually, and he said that he uses the same part of his brain for playwriting as he does for novel writing. Fantastic. He wrote something like six or seven novels in seven years, that, yeah. and now he's come back and he's doing more playwriting. So, that's amazing. Yeah, so that's quite an interesting. Um, it was an interesting discussion actually about the about the creation. Yeah, of, yeah. of plays versus TV, yeah. actually. Um, um, what, but yeah. what have you got coming up, Luke? Oh, I've got the dates. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just tell us what you, you can do. Talking about the regional London thing, I'm doing a co-published release play house in London and the Young Vic in London. Um, it's like a week long run, but it's uh, on in July. Yeah. You know um, what? I'd love to do hmm. an interview with you about your career and that hmm. kind of start now, because I think hmm. what's really important to come back to regional hmm. and all that. 
I think role modeling is really important and how right. do we because really sometimes I'm sure you do you meet writers or any kind of creatives or, and what they want to do is how do you do it how do you get in that door you know how do you so it, it'd be lovely to have a, a chat with you about anytime. those steps because it's really intriguing anytime. Anytime. Um, did I completely interrupt you when you were telling me what you were doing yeah. <laughs> July July Leeds Playhouse that's on in July I've got the dates it's called Don't, Freedom no Project Freedom and it's Project. like again it's about like empowering communities to talk to themselves so like Young Vic and Leeds Playhouse both theatre a sanctuary and the job, oh, yes, and, yes. The, and the job is to work with um, their theatre sanctuary groups to like help them, uh, enable them, collaborate with, tell their story about what the expectations of freedom were when they arrived here and what they found when they actually were here, what they, what they expected to be and what they were. Um, so yeah, um, and then I'm doing an outdoor family show with my with my company with the company I work with, a middle child. Um, okay. In, May. <laughs> Don't know. Just there was a rehearsal in a month, I think. They're writing music, music songs at the minute. Fantastic. Um, and then I'm where's doing, that? Is that touring? It's touring outdoor festivals, which I've never done before. It's actually it's a very specific thing that. Yeah. It's, That's amazing. It's been so hard, you know. It's been a really really hard job. The, the Freedom Project the hardest thing I've ever done, but this is the second hardest thing. <laughs> so I don't know what it is. It's a, that space is so hard to fill. It's a big outdoor space of like whatever. I don't need people on that. Yeah. 800 people. There's no roof. Yeah. I'm used to seeing stories of the roof and like I know what that feels like. I'm Where's like, my roof? <laughs> I'm used to like being in a, in a theatre. I know what it is to go into a building and sit there and watch. I can feel that journey. But an outdoor space, I very rarely, very rarely go to. It's a completely different way of talking. Yeah. Like, everything about it's different. Yeah. I've written about seven versions of this play and it's come down to like 10 pages. That's amazing. It's like 100 to 10 pages. And are you one of those writers that is constantly writing? Are you, are you really disciplined like that? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, write every, I write every day for all day, all day yeah. And that's good for your mental health as well, I'm assuming, as that's well. terrible. Is it? Terrible. You spend all day on your own being like... Happy oh, <laughs> yeah. morning says she yeah. has to write. She can't not write every day. Jack Thorne's the same. Yeah. She has to do it all the time. I mean, like, when you're writing, it's five. Then you get this moment, you're like, I'm shit. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm, like, I'm, I'm rubbish. Like, I'm terrible this. What's the point of me? Aww. Why am I choosing that? Yeah. Well, if you stay on your own long enough, you're bound to have those... Um, those thoughts, right? Validation comes from like, honestly, I, I know I keep saying it, but I really mean this. Like, it's so easy to go in this process and say, this is pointless, I'm rubbish. But you've got to remember why you started the journey. That's yeah. the important thing. And if you start the journey saying, I hope someone, well, my dad will like me more, you know, and that's like, that's the reason. How did you know? You're dead. It's game over. Yeah. Game over because you'll fail every time. You have to remember that the, the point of doing anything is bigger than you. Yeah. If, you if you remember that, then, um, then those hard moments come. Uh, become easier to deal with, become more resilient to it because you're like, it's okay because I'm refining something for a reason. Yeah. I'm doing this for a reason. It's not about me needing to prove myself that I'm worth or prove the people. And so what are you looking forward to seeing this year, maybe? Oh, one last thing. Okay, oh, go, go for it. And I'm doing a play with 20 Stories High Yay! in July. Did you do some work on the spine? Sorry? Did you do some work on the spine? Didn't work on that. No. Oh, oh that was, I loved the spine. I loved yeah. that. It was great. I Talking about, you were asking me thing? earlier about things yeah. and the thing. About that, that was that was just so energising. I just, I just absolutely was in the moment. With, with and actually, the one of the things we didn't touch on was there's theatres, isn't there? The buildings regional, mm -hmm. but actually there's theatre companies yes. that are regional that are doing great work. And Twenty Stories has to be one. And, of and I mentioned Knee High. I mentioned Knee High earlier. Knee -high, and, yeah. and where are Twelve Energy um, based? Are they in London or are they? I think because, they're outside somewhere. Because I mean, that was a joy. That was a joy yeah. from start to finish. The um, the, the Laurel and uh, oh yes, and Chapman, I went to see that. Yeah, yeah. the um, that I just was again. It was something that I was just totally in the moment with. It's fantastic. So that model's really interesting, isn't it? That's where 
yeah, the, tour, the, yeah, the, the touring companies yeah. as well. That's a whole different conversation. Yes, it is. And I was going to mention that I'm also really looking forward to Shandyland at the Everyman in oh, May, yeah. which is a northern voice. It's a co-production with Northern Stage and probably a couple of other theatres, I can't remember. Yeah. Um, and it's set in a northern working men's club slash pub. And I'm really fascinated to see how that works yeah. as well. But there's loads of things. There's always things. It's like like a big box of yeah. chocolates. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to... Sorry, we should talk about... We should, I don't know if we're out of time, but no, we should, no, should no, also talk going. about um, those companies. Like Middle Child. Go for it. Knee High. Um, like they exist in places. Temesis. Temesis, 20... Like these people... I know Middle Child, Knee High, best stuff about that. Like they see themselves like serving... Like they see themselves with Cornish and Hollyan. You know, they exist in a place where people can also tour nationally. There's nothing wrong with that. So the first and foremost things of doing this thing for this place, it might have a wider residence, why not move it? That's fine. I don't, you know, yeah. the first thing is we're doing a thing here for this place. That's really right. interesting, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and there's nothing wrong with going to London doing a play, you want to do it, it's fine. It's just like, just know why you're doing each thing, do you know what I mean? Just know. But what's really interesting is those regional mm -hmm. theatre companies, yeah. not the buildings, yeah. actually have all the things that we were talking about that we... That the, the regional building theatres are seen as lacking in terms of maybe quality. That actually the regional, the, the touring companies like um, the knee highs are absolutely seen as as top quality, aren't they, in the 20 stories? I mean, mm. and who then take their work, you know, nationally and. And um, Slung Low, I'm a slung big low. fan of yeah, Slung, exactly. Alan, yeah. slung yeah. Low as well. He's and, amazing. Um, yeah. Well, um, but then again, who sees regionally as being inadequate or, or not as good? As, you know, we're back round in a big circle yeah. as to it. All depends on who Who's, you're talking yeah, to yeah. and the context in which you're talking about it. Really, doesn't it? Yeah. And that's that's the yeah. reality of the situation. I think it's unhelpful. It, 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 massively unhelpful. But I don't think you can get away word from the word regional. All you can do is to no. is to embrace it and to to um, to take it back and and give it make sure that it always gets the right tone it's talked about in the right tone which is exciting innovative work that doesn't often or always rely purely on a bottom line and getting all those tourists in to see it yeah it's that you know there's experimental work there's exciting work there's there's really really out there work happening that all these London audiences are missing out on. They don't know what they're missing out on. I feel sorry for London audiences. <laughs> I do. Because they don't get all this fantastic work. They miss out on yeah. it. I'll tell you what. I saw. So I'm really sorry, <laughs> London. <laughs> I saw a lot more mediocrity in London than I've been in Liverpool, to be fair. I saw a lot more mediocrity there than here. Yes, yeah. I'll tell you that. Because there's more of it. <laughs> no, I, yeah, 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 absolutely. No, I'm, I'm pitying them at this point. <laughs> Not in a condescending way, obviously. Fantastic. But, but yeah. Brilliant. Well, I'm going to say thank you to you two wonderful people, Catherine Jones. What are you, a journalist? Art critic? I suppose, oh gosh. Like? Arts writer, <laughs> slash writer, journalist, that kind of slash critic, uh, maybe, yes. Um, <laughs> Luke, the very northern, lovely playwright. Thank you so much. <laughs> there we are. Thank Brilliant. you. Thank you.